in the reading of God's Word. Our scripture passage for this morning and the text for the message is found in the 17th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. We read the first eight verses. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto, the, unto Jesus, Lord, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Let us pray. Surely one of the most unusual experiences ever to have taken place before the eyes of the disciples was the event that I have read about in the scripture text just a few bit minutes ago. The transfiguration of our Lord is that which goes beyond all human rationality. But in that glorious and wonderful moment when the full deity of God burst out of the bondage of the house of clay, Jesus there standing before the disciples was fully God. It must have been an unusual kind of a situation that blessed inner circle of the disciples, Peter and James and John, were the ones who were privileged to go with the Master up to the top of the mountain. And on the top of that mountain, where Moses appeared and Elijah appeared, and in conversation, one of the other gospel writers tells us what they were talking about, that they were talking about the death 
of Jesus soon to take place. There are so many truths that come out of this particular passage. Over and over again, in over three decades in the pastorate, questions would come concerning death. Will we know our loved ones in heaven? Will we be able to talk to our loved ones who've gone on when we get to heaven? What will we talk about? What will heaven be like? Well, the first rule, I think, for getting any sort of an answer to a question like that is simply that heaven is not going to be less than earth. And we certainly are not going to be less in heaven than we are here on this earth. Our abilities and our capabilities are not going to be restricted in heaven, but rather heightened and enlarged. But there are those who say, but give me a proof text. All right, if you want a proof text, it's the one that we have just read in this scripture passage. Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Moses had been dead for centuries. Elijah had been dead for less time, but he had still been dead a long, long time. And so here are three men talking. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. What are they talking about? They're talking about the death of Jesus. Well, what interest would Moses have in that? What interest would Elijah have in the death of Jesus? Well, just this. God had given the law through Moses. The law had been given in order to be a schoolmaster, a teacher, teaching us, pointing us to those right ways of living, to the kind of life that would please God and that would point toward eternal life. Elijah, Elijah was a prophet of God. Elijah was a man who had prophesied that one day God would come in mighty strength and would reveal himself and that the Messiah would walk upon the face of the earth. And in the coming of the Messiah, men would find that sins could be forgiven and that men could be born into the family of God. Moses died not having seen the Messiah. Elijah died not having seen the promised Messiah. The salvation of Moses and all who had followed him, the salvation of Elijah and all who had listened to him, the salvation of all that had gone before, is dependent upon what Jesus 
was going to do and upon his death. For you see, redemption from the heart of God was not something that started with Jesus when Jesus lived in flesh on this earth. But redemption has been in the heart and the mind of God from all eternity. And God redeems in all centuries and in all times in exactly the same way. He did not redeem Moses and Moses' people by one means. Elijah and Elijah's people by another means. No. All are redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus. No salvation for anyone of the Old Testament or the New or across 2,000 years of Christian history without the blood of Jesus. It is Jesus and only Jesus who is the Redeemer. Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus in the 20th century. Jesus, only Jesus. And Moses, Moses was interested to know to whether or not Jesus was going to follow through because, you see, Moses waited for the surety of his own redemption. And Elijah wanted to know that Jesus was going to follow through and die upon that cross, the sinless one for all sinners, because that would seal for all eternity the salvation and the redemption of Elijah. And so they're there, representative of all the law, representative of all the prophets, of all that had gone before. And there they talk about Jesus and what Jesus would soon accomplish. Peter Peter caught up in it all, listening to that conversation, seeing the magnificent brilliance of the Master there when all of the deity of God burst through his flesh. Peter was overwhelmed with it all. And Peter said, oh, it is so good. I'm glad you brought me along, Master. I wouldn't have missed this for the world, Master. Thank you for bringing me along. I want to build three tabernacles up here where we can come back and worship. I want to build one for you, Master. And I want to build one for Moses. And I want to build one over here for Elijah. That's what I want to do. Oh, I'm so glad you brought me along. And just when Peter was bubbling forth in all of his excitement, a cloud from heaven came. I think it was the Shekinah glory of God. And it came and the voice of God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I think he was talking to Peter. God was talking to Peter. He wanted Peter to get some things straightened out. And he said, Now listen. You've heard Moses and you've heard Elijah, but you've heard my son. You listen to him. Does that mean we are to ignore Moses? Not at all. Does that mean we are to forget what Elijah said to us? Not at all. But it means that in the important issues of life and death that we would listen to Jesus only. That's what the Master said. That's what God said. I want you to put your imagination caps on for a minute. 
I want you to imagine now that Peter, James, and John, having fallen upon their faces, because you see, when the Shekinah glory of God came down and the voice of God spoke, they were afraid and they fell on their faces. It was Jesus, always the compassionate, loving heart of Jesus. It was Jesus who reached down and touched them and said, All right, fellows, that's all right. Don't you be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Now, I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine that when Peter and James and John opened their eyes and got up, that they looked around and everybody was gone. I just want you to imagine that for a minute. Just imagine that Jesus had disappeared and that Moses had disappeared and Elijah had disappeared. Nobody there. Out of that wonderful experience, they'd, they'd look around. Why? We'd say, well, all right, so they all disappear. Think of the wonderful experience that they had had. Think of what had happened to them. Why, they could go back down and, and they could tell all the folks, you, you just can't imagine what happened up there on the mountaintop. Why, Jesus was there and transfigured in, in front of us and, and we saw Moses and we saw Elijah and, and then God spoke and when we opened our eyes, they were all gone. Well, if that had happened, it would have been rather a sad thing. There are a lot of folks like that. There are a lot of folks like that in their religious experiences. May come to church. May have some holy, glorious experience with God out in the midst of God's wonderful world. And soul stirred somehow never ever to be the same but then leaving the church or leaving the lake or leaving the mountaintop go back into the world just by themselves no Jesus no Moses no Elijah and that's not so good totally subjective kind of religion is like that tragic the number of people who do come to the houses of worship where music stirs the soul where the Word of God penetrates where the Holy Spirit is able to reach down and to and to convict and something happens in the soul but they don't take a stand for Christ and so the service is over and away they go not taking Jesus with them would have been a tragic thing. Well, imagine for a moment that in coming up off of their knees, lifting up their eyes, they looked around and Jesus was gone and Elijah was gone, but there was Moses. You say, well, that'd be great. We're told over and over again in the Old Testament that, that Moses in his encounters with God there in the mountains would come down and his face would be shining and glowing. And on that occasion, he had to put a veil in front of his face for he had seen God. Well, the same thing would have happened. For you see, 
in the transfigured Christ, Moses and Elijah were face to face with God. Jesus said it in his own words. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And suppose then that just Moses had been there. Why, that would have been something. But that would be like exchanging the sun of this universe for the moon. It is destined only to be a reflector of the brilliance of the sun. Oh, they would have lost so much if only Moses had remained. They would have lost love, the love that was in Christ Jesus. They would have exchanged it for the law that Moses gave. They would have missed out on the grace, the unmerited favor of God that would have been exchanged for a legal system, a dotting of the I's, a crossing of the T's. Or they would have missed the reality the reality of all that Jesus meant and all that Jesus was and all that Jesus is. They would have traded all of that, the reality, for just a type because in so many ways Moses was a type of Christ. Before telling of the Messiah's coming, they would have exchanged the vitality that comes out of the true experience with the Master ritual they would have, have, have exchanged the forgiveness of God for the judgment of God if they had lifted up their eyes and on that mount of transfiguration they would have seen Moses only nobody would have been able to go back down to the village square and say, in the name of Moses, get up and walk. No, no power in that name. Couldn't say to the dead men, in the name of Moses, live. No, doesn't go that way. Couldn't say to the blind man, in the name of Moses, have your sight back. No, doesn't work that way. If only Moses had remained how poor they would have been and how poor we would be if only Moses had remained. Imagine for a minute that in lifting up their eyes they saw only Elijah. Elijah is one of those interesting and wonderful dynamic characters in the Old Testament. Oh, what a man of God was Elijah. But if this Roaring lion, and that's what he was for God, had been left only. Then the disciples would have exchanged the Lamb of God for the roaring lion. They would have exchanged forgiveness for the fire of heaven. For it was Elijah who called down the fire of heaven, and God honored that call. In the midst of all of the pagan, pagan priests of Baal. But there is no healing. Do you ever hear anybody say in the name of Elijah, get up and be right? Do you ever hear anybody say, oh, in the name of Elijah, get your sight back. In the name of Elijah, rise up from the dead. No. We don't have in the name of Elijah or in the person of Elijah with all of his greatness. We don't have salvation in Elijah. If Elijah only had remained, we would have traded Calvary for Mount Carmel 
and what a poor trade it would have been. If only Elijah had been there, why, we would have traded the sycamore tree where Zacchaeus climbed the little fat Jew to take a look at Jesus and there found Jesus as the Savior of his soul. We would have traded the sycamore tree for the juniper tree. You remember the story of the juniper tree where old Elijah sold down in the dumps, went and said, I'm the only one that loves God. Everybody else has gone away. I'm the only, only one who's in the right way. God had to show him that he was not the only one who loved him. If Elijah only had remained, how poor the disciples would have been. Well, imagine for a minute that having come up from that time of fright when the voice of God had spoken to them, imagine in standing up and looking around, they would have seen all three. There was Jesus still there. There was Moses still there. There was Elijah still there. Imagine all three. Then they said, well, that'd be all right. Wouldn't be anything wrong with that. At least Jesus would be there. And they had had the experience with Moses, and it had been fine if he was still been there. I guess that would be all right. But, uh, you see, Moses could calm the Jews, and, and Elijah then is the one who could hurl thunderbolts. And, why, it looks like it would be a pretty good working situation to have all three. Just keep Jesus, and keep Moses, and keep Elijah. But why keep Moses? For all of the laws of Moses had been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Why keep Elijah? All of the prophecies concerning the Messiah, the coming of the revelation of God in fullness, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So there is no need then for Moses to remain, no need for Elijah to remain in Christ. We have all of Moses in Christ. We have all of Elijah in Christ. We have all in all. And as we grow in grace, other things will shrink and go aside. But in Christ Jesus, we have the totality of all that is needed and all that is required. Oh, what really, really happened in their fright when the Shekinah glory of God came down and the voice of God sounded, saying, This is my beloved Son. I'm pleased in Him. Hear ye Him. They fell on their faces. And Jesus, as Jesus has always done, and as He continues to do, Jesus reached out His hands and he said, fellas, get up. Don't be afraid. And when they opened their eyes and got up, they saw the reason why they did not have to be afraid. They saw Jesus. And they saw Jesus only. In Jesus the one who comforts. What name comforts like the name of Jesus? 
What person can comfort us in our sorrow and in our heartache and in our need like the person of Jesus? There are many who in our times of need would help us and we thank God for all. But it is Jesus. It is the face of Jesus. It is the smile of Jesus. It is the touch of Jesus. The comforting words of Jesus that bring comfort to sorrowing hearts. We would see Jesus only. In Jesus, we have our salvation. Oh, there's salvation in no other name. There's not another name given under heaven. There's not another name. You can't speak any name anywhere or any combination of names that will speak salvation. Only in the name of Jesus. In Jesus, we have the sacrificing Lamb of God. In Jesus, we have love spilled out from the cross. In Jesus, we have the reality of the presence of God himself. Oh, what really happened? They lifted their eyes and they saw Jesus only. And that was enough to remind them that Jesus only was to be the master. Not another rabbi, not another teacher, not a, another school, not another Bible, not another this or that or the other, but Jesus only. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And that was sufficient. Sufficient to give guidance and direction. Sufficient to give leadership to all their lives. They were weak. Even the brawny old Peter was a weak man and he needed the power of God. And the power that he needed to live the life that God wanted him to live could not be lived in the name of Moses or the name of Elijah, but only in the name of Jesus. And so we have it seeing Jesus only, your life and mine, as we keep our eyes steadfast upon him, we draw a power from heaven that the world cannot understand. We draw a power. Let us live this life to the glory of Jesus. When they saw Jesus only, they had it right down at a fine point. They knew that Jesus only comprised the gospel. The good news, the good news, the gospel of this Bible, the good news, the gospel of God is this good news that God has come and that God transfigured before us. God meeting the just demands of his own righteousness paying the debt he requires in that we have our good news oh they lifted up their eyes and they saw Jesus only the fulfillment of the glories of that 23rd Psalm or David glimpsing across the centuries was privileged to hear to see yea though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. You see, it's Jesus. Jesus at the head of the valley. Jesus amid the shadows. Jesus at home. Jesus at school. Jesus at the marketplace. Jesus in the hospital room. Jesus over at the funeral parlor. 
Jesus out by the grave. Jesus as we fly through the air. Jesus as we sail upon the seas. Jesus as we drive our automobiles. Jesus as we hike our way across the earth. Jesus. If rising each morning we would see Jesus only, it'll be a blessed day. If at the noontime we determine we'd see Jesus only, it'll be a blessed noontime. If when we open the Word of God, we were determined to see Jesus only, it'll be a blessed time in the Scripture. Oh, how we need to make up our minds that in the midst of so much to see and hear and do in this world, that the greatest moments, the most joyous experiences come when we determine that amidst all and out of all, we would see Jesus only. And that's my plea. Jesus only. Don't follow another master. You need no other. Follow Jesus only. Follow him, the Savior. Let's pray together. Our Father, out of the wonder and the majesty of this experience of Peter and James and John. Out of that mountaintop experience where Jesus was transfigured. Help us, O oh Lord, help us, dear God. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to see ourselves in the light of Jesus. And help us to determine to live, to live our lives giving glory to Jesus, to Jesus alone. I pray, dear Lord, that every person in the congregation, that every person who shares out yonder by the thousands in front of their television sets, that everyone will know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God that points to Jesus. And may in this moment all of us See Jesus only and claim him as Savior and follow him as Lord. And I ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.